Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's really a big, big pleasure because I have Anand from UJet together with me. Hi Anand, how are you? Good, and how are you? Thank you very much. I am really happy because I will have a nice discussion together with you, deep diving about customer experience and everything about human interactions with you. And therefore, it's really, really a pleasure for me to have you on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Thank you very much for your time. Of course, the pleasure is mine. Let's really kick off and we start this game uh, as usual with the usual question. It means, Anand, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Anand Jani Falker. I'm the founder and CEO for UJet.CX. Um, basically, quick overview of UJet. Um, before UJet, my background is uh, from the, the consumer world with uh, experience in mobile handsets, smartphones, operating systems, and uh, wireless cloud, uh, which means uh, the advent of 3G, 4G, and uh, the trajectory of that, which makes data ubiquitous and great bandwidth for consumers. So how did that transition to customer experience happen? Well, uh, what I figured out is the only time two humans don't communicate visually and contextually since the advent of the smartphones is on a support conversation. Whether it's voice, chat, SMS, does not really matter. It is very incongruent with what our interaction mechanisms are with our friends and family, where we tend to share photos, videos, screenshots, uh, location APIs, so on and so forth, while having a interaction or a conversation. That just simply does not happen with customer experience or customer support whenever a company or a company's representative is interacting with its uh, current or potential customers. Uh, and that was something that felt uh, needed to change. And that was the start of Huja, and that was seven years ago. Oh, thank you very much. I think this is a great introduction and you are already explaining what, what UJet is doing. Before deep diving in, in this outstanding product, uh, perhaps one question to learn a bit more about you. Which values drive you in life? Ah, uh, so as, as you can tell uh, from the very beginning, uh, it was user experience that uh, was a motivation. Um, I always felt that there was something magical about connecting to humans or getting them to communicate easier. Um, that drove um, my, my journey through my professional upbringing, uh, not just education and research, but also through the, the products and uh, brands that uh, worked at uh, Nokia Research Center, Motorola Mobility, uh, Jawbone. All of those are kind of stepping stones towards my professional upbringing that communication becomes easier and effortless. Um, and as you as you can imagine, the natural evolution of communication is to interact when someone is right in front of you. You use your hand gestures, you use your body language, you kind of change the way you you speak or your your annotations with your eyes, your um, and uh, so on and so forth. Those are very important as very soft um, impulses, stimuli for people to have an effective communication. So that is has been continually the the motivation and journey. Um, 
and to make that effortless with technology disappearing in the background. Um, so this is just a, uh, the next step towards that because uh, it's extremely important for uh, companies and brands to communicate with their audience in a very effective manner. And more importantly, with what they expect today in their normal day-to-day -day digital interactions. Um, if you really think about it, the company's representatives or the customer support professionals, the technical support, the tier one, tier two, tier three, all of these are young professionals that are just basically living their lives using the smartphone as their portal to the information universe. When they get into a support conversation, they almost have to bring their senses down and communicate in a unidimensional uh, perspective. So it was very important to ensure that what the motivation and journey has been for me gets extrapolated to this important interaction between companies and their uh, target audience. Thank you very much. And I think this is the, the best possible introduction also to the main discussion that we will have today. It's really about human interactions and uh, how should contact center evolve in future or now, because now it's time to change. And therefore, really kicking off the discussion about UJET.CX. Uh, why did you decide to start uh, UJET? Right. So like I was alluding to before, uh, there was something very, very distinctly different with how you see people communicate visually and contextually in their everyday lives with the friends and family and how uh, the two humans communicate on a support conversation. Uh, also, I, I alluded to uh, these young professionals that are the brand ambassadors for companies that are communicating with their target audience. They are also very, very digitally acquainted, and uh, they almost have to change their interaction model, almost park their sensory uh, abilities, in a sense, and then communicate on a voice call or a chat call. It's because the underlying tooling has been very antiquated. Um, but then if you also think about these people during their trainings, uh, what one of the things that was the motivation of uh, building UJET the way that we did is that the training period for the agents is very painful. And it's like, okay, don't use your smartphone. Use only this particular program on the computer. Um, all of these APS that you kind of take for granted in your day-to-day -day life, don't think about those because those are not available. AI is kind of a almost just a catchphrase and not really implemented in these solutions. So I wanted to completely transform that. I wanted to transform that to when the two individuals at the endpoints of this interaction are utilizing devices like a smartphone and a very capable computer, there is no limitation on the communication pathways that they can have. They could do voice, chat, no, and anything, uh, screenshots, error codes, battery level information transfer, all that together in the same medium. However, the the pipe that's connecting those two was extremely obsolete. So wanted to build an end-to-end -end platform as opposed to just a stopgap feature. And uh, that's what we did. And the motivation was that to completely replace what the smart connection is between these two smart devices or smart computers. Um, and we, we feel that we have been able to do that. 
because when we see our uh, clients utilize the UGIT platform uh, with their target customers, uh, the customer satisfaction scores are, are shooting up at least 30%, and the interaction time is getting reduced by over 40 to 50%. Uh, I've never met any individual that says, like, oh, no, I... I I hate that my resolution was done in half the time. People want things faster, right? We we never go for, okay, let me find out what the slower car is and I'll go for that. We never say like, okay, it, it, will this appointment take at least an hour? Then I'm in, not 15 minutes. So just naturally we are in a little bit of a rush because we want to make time for uh, things that are important, friends and family, as well as other uh, passions that we have. So making sure that the first touch resolution happens in a very short time uh, was also a motivation to design the UJ platform the way we did. Thank you very much. And I had also the pleasure already to speak with your team. And I really was positive surpri surprised by the way that you are explaining that and your team is explaining that. Because the reality is we are using a smartphone and we are for us, for us it's common to have a video chat, to write in WhatsApp and then to switch here and there and send information. And then you go into the contact center and everything is split. You need to do voice on this tool. You need yep. to, to chat on that tool and you don't get the information altogether. And therefore I was yep. really, it was an outstanding presentation saying, oh, that's the reality. And it's explained in a very simple way. If we could give to the contact center agents, smartphones, doing everything what they are doing, they would be empowered really to, to create smart connection together with, uh, with, with their customer. And I yeah. think... And you brought up another good point is where for, for the agents and customer support representatives, the, the wellness uh, administrators, as well as the financial uh, assessors and appraisers, for them, the reason they have these different tools is because it is not all coming back together in their case management system or their customer record management system. So one of the things that we do is that as an agent, you don't have to uh, go ahead after the call or chat or SMS is done and say like, oh, I asked this person to send a photo over email because I wanted to get their invoice verification and they needed to send that picture. And then after call work or after session work requires them to merge that ticket with their phone ticket, with their SMS ticket. So that is why sometimes when you call back, they're like, okay, we can't find your interaction before because this is a manual process. And think about how many of these conversations the agents are having. They don't really have time to accurately do something that they have done because there's different calls that are coming in, different chats are coming in, and their supervisors pounding on their door saying like, hey, you need to get through these 20 to 30 calls a day, 15 calls uh, after work uh, periods, and then have dispositions attached to them. So making all of that process, not just in the live interaction, but the follow-up to that live interaction so that the back office flow is seamless was extremely important uh, to us. And that is one of the things that we see is very, very impact impactful for an organization so that not just the customers taken care of in real time, but the actual follow-up actions do not require them to like go through 10 different windows and figuring out how does this get to resolution. Thank you very much. And I think you summarized also what you are saying in a uh, very smart way. I read because I don't want to make mistakes. Human interaction has evolved, so should your contact center. Could you quickly elaborate on that? I know you explained a lot, but I think this is really the key of this discussion. 
Yeah. Uh, a simple example is like, let's say you and I become friends and uh, we are one of our shared passions is either sports or drones, right? Uh, and so I buy a new drone, which is in limited supply. And then I'm excited to share that with you. So I might uh, call you. Uh, you are busy doing a podcast, so you don't answer my call. So I'll follow up with a uh, a text with a possible video of the first flight of the drone. That is how human interaction is today between friends and family. Uh, imagine if this was a conversation with a customer experience team. Um, you would contact them that, hey, I bought this drone, but I'm unable to connect it over Bluetooth. I'm unable to connect it uh, with my smartphone. There are issues syncing it or the camera feed is not coming through because I'm not able to even connect the Wi-Fi. Uh, these things, you won't be able to call them and then attach uh, a video or attach a error code to that, which you can do in everyday normal human interaction. So bridging that gap, making it just second nature to communicate with the company or the company's brand ambassador or the company's representative in the same manner that you would normally connect is what we enable. Thank you. And I think this, this example make it really simple to, to understand and let's say effortless. And um, next to being um, creating this easy service, this good service for customer, we are often speaking about being proactive. And this is right. will be also in future a game changer. Could you please elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, so proactiveness is is very important because a lot of times, if you think about it, we are as as companies, right, or any brand, we are pushing product or we're uh, making products enticing that customers don't really completely understand how they can utilize to make their lives better. So when you're getting into that mechanism, you really need to be proactive in not just pushing to sell the product, but making that product use effective for once the sale is done. And that is similar in customer experience as well. So being proactive, understanding the simple triggers, like if you are spending time on my webpage where I'm elaborating the different things that you could do with the product and you're you're coming back and clicking on a couple of things on you need help or you're looking at the user guide, that is a trigger enough to proactively pop up a, a chat window and say like, hey, do you need help on this particular thing? And it doesn't have to be done only when you need to make a sale, right? Because what the reality is, is if you are able to effectively get your customer to use your product, it creates brand loyalty. If you're effectively able to solve their problems and have a successful customer support call, you you have very likely repeat business for, for them and they're worth 10x usually, or at least 8x usually of what do you spend to acquire a new customer. Not saying you shouldn't do that, but you should do both. Because what happens uh, if you're only targeting new customers is that your churn uh, kind of really uh, depletes all of the, the metrics that you're going for by new customer acquisition. So where I'm going with this is that uh, the proactiveness of just seeing these simple triggers and then enabling AI to ask if, hey, I've, I've seen you visit this uh, website, I've seen you click on this, looks like after two or three days, you're still going through the same support um, uh, self-serve. And here is a, a connection with a, uh, a financial advisor, uh, if you'd like. Here's a connection with a, a technical expert uh, if you're having Wi-Fi issues. What that does is it shows that you care for your customer beyond the sale. And that is a very effective way to create brand loyalty. Um, 
Furthermore, if you take this into the back office operations, how agents, uh, administrators, and all those communicate, taking that AI aspect of it, uh, just having a, a automatic a machine learning based review of these are the customer satisfaction scores, these are the different uh, call times and chat times and wait times. These are the trends that we see during, um, let's say, peak hour for during lunch hour or right after five o'clock when people are probably calling in while they're driving home. These are the things that can be used as inputs towards making them better. Um, so utilizing proactiveness and AI, not just at the front end of the equation, but also at the back end is uh, something that we, we're strong believers in. And I think what you're saying, it, it totally makes sense. You touched the topic AI quickly back on the on the being proactive. I think what you're saying, it totally makes sense. I'm coming from a credit card company. And we, had all, we, we discussed always, if we as a credit card company are blocking the cards of our customers because of fraudster, because of this or that, why not contacting them and telling them proactively, pay attention, there was a fraud case or pay attention, you forgot to pay your bill. Please pay your bill, and then we can you can use the card again. And I think this is really game changer because then people feel cared about because I am proactively contacting them. Yeah. Now, now you're you're touching the topic AI, and I think this is one key topic. But I know that you are also an expert about cloud computing, and a lot of people think about that cloud. It's a new technology or a new buzzword that we should use. But we all agree, or at least we agree, that it's a business model transformation, and. Um, can you please expand a bit more on this concept, speaking also, thinking about a CX executive? Yeah. So uh, cloud to me is something that is very uh, native to uh, my professional journey um, with uh, all the transitions from going from, let's say, uh, push button phones all the way to uh, smartphones and, and tablets and Bluetooth speakers and IoT devices, right? So uh, we live in an age and world today where information is readily available. And it is available anywhere because the connection points between what you're uh, gateway to the information highway, the smartphone, uh, or even even if it's not a smartphone, even if it's a feature phone, it does still have that capability. Most of your tablets, most of your computers that you're likely uh, carrying around has that capability. So there is no emphasis really on, okay, this is the work you did, and then save a copy on it on your local machine, and then make sure that you are uploading something somewhere else so that you're, uh, you have access to it if, let's say, you're on the move and you're trying to access it while sitting in uh, the chair of an um, underground metro. Uh, those, we don't have those conversations because that's automatic to us. Uh, fast forward, what happens after you get off that metro and go into your office? A lot of times the information, if you're on a system that is an on-prem system, that is only available when you have that connection point. This has nothing to do about security. A lot of times the naysayers will say like, oh, but this is secure and all that. You can enable security with VPNs, with encryption, with the secure key exchanges, both uh, private and public, uh, so that you can have those transitions paths uh, very, very properly curated for, for any kind of privacy and security procedures. But 
continuing on that example that you're you're going and you can only access that information while you're you're at this particular building um what that does it breaks the entire way that people want to work today right even before the pandemic uh working from different sites working we're in the global economy um almost every uh, recognizable brand has presence in multiple, multiple countries. That itself enables the need for having a cloud computing solution um, and having a solution which uh, the it doesn't matter where you're connecting to or what your um, source, source of truth or your databases or uh, your application toolkit is. So uh, after the pandemic, this got uh, even more exacerbated because you just couldn't really go onto your uh, office or your on-prem. There's certain there's a lot of restrictions that were, and there were things that uh, people really needed to do to take care of themselves and not get exposed because they might also uh, put their family and their elderly and their family in um, in danger. So what that did is it uh, took cloud or the transition from on-prem to cloud from being a uh, a checkbox as an experiment or a checkbox as a business continuity practice to actual reality. Now, um, some of this was done very uh, impulsively. Some of this was done very half-heartedly just because time was not available when the transition needed to happen and business continuity being preserved. Uh, but what today we're in is we were hopefully at the, the very tail end, if not past the, uh, the, the worst part of the pandemic. Now people should think about, uh, executives and customer experience professionals should think about the transition that we did then, if it is still the same today, is that future proof? Is that how we would have wanted to architect that? Uh, yes, we did what we needed to do because we just needed to keep the lights on. But is it the same thing that we need to do for uh, enhancing our business operations going forward? So asking that question, I think, is the first step towards proper cloud transformation and not just a reactive change that you did a couple of years ago. Um, and then what quickly people will realize is that there are several different functions that you need to do there. Security would be one part of it. We are proud to always say that uh, we had SOC 2 type 2 security uh, even before we had a website. And uh, we, we continued on that path. And today we ensure that uh, the one of the conversations we have with the companies that we work with is with the, the InfoSec team or with the chief information security officer and get them uh, comfortable, get them to really embrace that uh, Trading security for a cloud is is really not an option, or it shouldn't be an option. It comes hand in hand because uh, you cannot jeopardize your operations just because you're making a transformation on your uh, your toolkit or your IT systems. Um, where I'm going with that is uh, that is that that first step is extremely important, and you'd really need to identify yourself or someone in your team that you trust as the champion for that cloud transformation. And furthermore, taking that so that you could enable those conversations, those interactions with your customer set. Thank you very much. I would have now a few hundred questions that I would ask, but be taking care of the time. The last question that I have also on this topic. Basically, I have a CEO shaping the future of the contact center here with me, and therefore I would like to ask this question. What do you foresee in the future of customer experience, for example, in 10 years from now? Oh, 10 years is a long time, but uh, hopefully in the next three to four years, we will be at a point where 
Um, we get customer support, not as customer support, because customer support sometimes is just considered as a checkbox or as a necessary evil. I think customer uh, support will become customer experience, which will be a part of the multi-experience uh, world that we are hopefully about to enter. Uh, you, you are using connection points to access your service, right? Uh, we no longer feel that the channels are as important as they were 10, 15 years ago. Channels were channels because they were device limitations, right? Your landline could only do voice. Your pager could only do text. Your website on your computer could do chat, but it couldn't do chat on your mobile website. All of those limitations are gone. So channels are really, really obsolete now. Uh, what we believe in is what is the multi-experience? What are the connection points? So the connection points are largely the um, the app that you utilize you know, with your smartphone or your computer, right? You're you're trying to interact with a brand or service through a website. You're trying to interact with a brand or service through their app, or you simply, since you're from a credit card company, you're just looking at the back of your credit card and calling that number. But just because you are calling that number that's printed on the back of your credit card or the box of a product that you bought does not mean it should be limited to that channel. What that can do, one of the things that we strongly believe in is SMS as a enabler for multi-experience. So that phone number that you are, we've seen that 98.5% of the time when people are calling in, even in that mechanism, they're calling in from a SMS capable device, if not 100% of the time. Uh, but they're calling in from that SMS capable device it doesn't even have to be smartphones, it is a camera enabled device, even if it's a feature phone that has SMS. So enable that multi experience. When you see that someone's selecting an option that hey, I'm reaching out because I'm having an issue with my product or service, you immediately know that you can effectively solve that with visual and contextual information as opposed to just a unidimensional analog voice vector. So uh, enabling that uh, is the first step. And hopefully in three, four years, this becomes just very matter of fact. It's like, yeah, uh, Greg communicated with this particular brand. Uh, they already knew that he had spent time on their website, so they didn't offer him a self, have you tried our self-serve while you wait for it? They didn't make him wait on the call because they said like, hey, we've, uh, you can more effectively get this if you start a conversation with chat and video embedded in it and you steer them towards that multi-experience. I think that is where the world is going. And I'm excited that we are hopefully uh, trailblazing that path for the companies. Very, very interesting. And I think we already have a, a topic for the next podcast together with you, multi-experience. But now let's conclude this first game together with you. Um, three short questions in the last three minutes of this podcast. The first question, is there a book that you would suggest to the audience that helped you during your career or during your life? Well, that's a tough question. Um, I, I, there, the one book that maybe immediately comes to mind, uh, I think I'm getting going to get the name correct, is, uh, is uh, I believe the name is Jonathan Livingston Siegel, which, uh, which is a book that charts out I think it's by Robert Bach. Uh, it is the journey of a young uh, seagull on how uh, they developed the, their skills of not just 
being uh, aware of flying, which should be very inherent, but flying fast and continuing to um, embark on their journey to fly faster and um, hopefully safer. Uh, I think that was, as someone that is absolutely obsessed with speed, both in business and in life, uh, very impatient, uh, that book was definitely one that uh, I felt was uh, supremely impactful. Thank you very much. The best way to contact you? Uh, is through our website and my email. Uh, it's very simple, A-N-A-N-D at U-J-E-T dot C-X. And now we are coming to the last question, Anand. And this is Anand Golden Nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would leave to the audience. Yes. Uh, so uh, I, I strongly feel, feel that uh, this has shaped uh, my journey in life, um, that it... it, it humans are very, very important, right? We always believe that um, bank on people more than bank on anything else. And problems in technology a lot of times are human problems and not technical problems. So get the right set of people together, get alignment, uh, make sure that you have a good working relationship that is void of just impulsive behavior or egos, and then you can solve any any difficult problem. Um, that's something that we live by, and hopefully that is, uh, it just reiterates something that people um, believe in themselves. Thank you very much. The only thing that I can say is thank you very much, Anand, for your time. I really enjoy seeing the growth part of UJet.CX. It's really an outstanding product. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. And also to the audience, it was a pleasure that you um, followed this discussion. We are always happy to get feedback. Please contact me or the Anand Direct or his team if you have any question related to UJet.CX. Thank you very much. Have a nice evening. Bye-bye. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget. We are not in a B2B or B2C business. We are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.